We've all heard the phrase, that kind of thing doesn't happen in our town. But here on Midwest Murder, we will shatter that false reality. In fact, it happens more often than we know, and sometimes the details of the most horrific crimes that happen in our neighborhoods are lost in the back pages of newspapers, forgotten on our news channels, and eventually erased over time. We are here to talk about murder, diving into some of the most controversial cases in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully the justice that was ultimately delivered. Don Palumbo. I'm still catching my breath. <laughs> Slow down. Jonah Lanto. No, I, I forget to breathe. I mean, it's a, it's I forget a couple to dozen episodes now. You know, know you can breathe during you know, but the I intro. forget, and so I'm like holding my breath, and then I I cannot breathe. And right. and that is actually why that intro started that way, is because I was out of breath the first episode. And he was like, so uh, Don Palumbo. I'm like, I saved you. her, and then <laughs> we naturally found a way to <laughs> intro our show after the intro. Yes, it's kind of like yeah. it's the it's it's that moment that tells you like how some things were meant to be, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. That was one of them. Yeah. yeah. So thank you again to everyone being with us tonight. We are coming at you live from our hometown in Minot, North Dakota, and we are at the legendary Atypical Barrel Works and Brewery. We love them, and we are so excited to be here with all of you. Also known as Atypical Brewery and Barrel Works and, in Minot. My apologies. It goes both ways. It does. Officially one way, but it can go both ways. We are never invited back because I messed it up. It's our That's first nice. and last time here. It's been, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. First show in six months. Kind of. I mean, we, ha- like we, had, one in, we had one in Crookston. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast. The comments, the feedback, and support that we have received from our listeners is so fabulous, and we really, truly appreciate it. It. We live and die by an algorithm these days, and it helps. So, Jonah, what are people saying about Midwest murder? Well, algorithms do help us, and we do appreciate the time that you guys are giving to us. So, reviews on iTunes are critical to podcasts and to our growth. If you've got time, you just dial up a little podcast app on your phone. You give us a quick, awesome review, share your thoughts, and we really do appreciate that. This one comes from Chaser2332, five stars, a must listen. The show is great. I've heard of most of these murders, but this podcast goes into the nitty-gritty details that podcasters like me crave. A must-listen for everyone interested in this part of Midwest murder history. Chase K. Chaser2332. Chase2332. Chase K. Awesome. Thank you, Chase. We appreciate that. Yeah, we really do appreciate that. The details are important. They're really what makes a story. This one, fantastic from Chelsea by the Sea, five stars. My friend recommended the podcast to me, so I listened to the first episode, and I was hooked. It was so good, in fact, that I ended up cleaning my entire house, mowed and weed whacked, just so I could listen to more episodes. So thank you for providing such a compelling content that I could get done with all my chores. Wink emoji. In all seriousness... It is a very good podcast, very informative and unique, and it sounds like Chelsea by the Sea. I need you to listen to that podcast at my house. He beat me to the dad joke. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I mean, who who Dang. wasn't expecting that to come out, and then he he beat me to it. I undercut dad joke I'm, Don. I know. I'm 
I'm it's disappointed. Not, it's not my job to tell dad jokes here. It is not. And no, I have some doozies, but I'll wait. That's your role yes, and responsibility. Because I'm only funny in Dickinson, so trying to, <laughs> yeah. All right, so shout out and sponsors. Our sponsor, Domestic Violence Crisis Center, we appreciate all that they do for us in, in the community. In fact, we have their executive director in our audience tonight, so we appreciate that. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to, to, to see the people supporting us uh, here in, in the audience. And I just want to remind everybody that the domestic violence is, is something that needs to be taken very seriously. It is really alarming the staggering statistics of, of women and people that are dealing with really scary situations in their life. Men Each, and women. And, men and women. I, I get that. Statistically it, it, it higher is, women predominantly women and and so of course this goes out to everybody but we're finding most of these scenarios to uh, tragically affect women and you can get help at the dbcc and mine at, at, at any time courageforchange.org is the website so if you either need to maybe you're a friend looking to help your friends and you, you need some guidance or you want to suggest to your friend it's time for you to put an end to the the, the traumatic experiences you're facing in your life you can get help at courageforchange.org here at the dbcc in minot and also the crisis this line is 701-857-2200. And I, I want to emphasize how many women who have been strangled by a lover and stayed in that relationship. And that is one of the final red flags that precedes your partner killing you. And it's sad and it's scary and I get chills saying that. But we need to talk about it because there's too many people out there that are dealing with these terrible things in their life. And there's a way for them to get safety and to get help. And it's right here at the DVCC in Minot. No one has turned away. And uh, I want again to point out you know, three three homicides this year in Minot and three of them are women. I know for sure two of them are in with dealing with domestic violence. It's a really serious issue. So uh, if you're feeling helpless... This is where you can create change for your life. It's with the DVCC. So thank you. They can put you in touch with the resources that you need and, and just guide you and, and be there. Even if you question that that's the situation you're in, they can help you. According to FBI statistics, 56% of domestic homicides occur after the victim has ended the relationship or in the process of leaving. So to me, that's you have that's to act. Bone, so people, bone, bone chilling statistics. So places like the Domestic Violence Crisis Center or those in, in your neighborhood can help you. Again, courageforchange.org. You can donate. You can help a friend. You can help yourself. Uh, this episode is also brought to you in part by Manscaped. Manscaped. Oh, my timing was off. Oh, we were supposed to do that together. No, It's not. Can we Can we go back? I don't want to. I okay. feel like that's too much no, pressure. We got to go forward. So support yeah. for Midwest Murder Today is brought to you in part by Manscaped. And Manscaped is the best in below the way, below the waist grooming and hygiene. And I want to just, again, You stumbled over that one. Is that because your mom's in the audience? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, like myself, I hope that my mom, I hope everybody appreciates a well-groomed, organized, you know, manscaped, (laughs) you know, it's, everyone needs good manscaping in their life. Too far. Too far. Men, I'm sure your mom is more mortified than you are at this point. (laughs) So you can use... Promo code Midwest Murder right now at manscaped.com and you can get 20% off your order as well as worldwide free shipping. And there's a reason that 4 million men worldwide are trusting Manscaped with their jewels because their, their stuff is awesome, you guys. It really is. Like if you don't know what to get your man right now, I see a lot of beards that need attention in this audience. And if your beard needs attention, I can only imagine what else might need attention. Your ears, your ear hairs, of course. Your nose hairs, 
Every man that's a, every man, and I, I imagine women have dealt with this too, but you get them little rogue agents, they tickle your nose and they, you look at yourself in the mirror and you've got a nose hair poking out. That's why we have friends. Sorry. That's why we have manscaped. It's why I'm we have. I'm just saying from the female side of things, that's why we have friends. Okay. Men aren't that friendly about those situations. They just think, oh, my buddy's got, you know, nose hair squirting out. It's okay. Well, no, you can do better and you can do better with manscaped. It you is. Get the little uh, nose hair trimmer. It's amazing. Well, and it's more than just nose hair because I know. we we did get so we we were able to um I guess we each got a, a a package in the mail that had all of the products and they were super duper cool and I think the the favorite of mine is the shirt that says Manscaped your balls will thank you. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. They will. Yeah. Mine thanked me personally. <laughs> and you know, you you can get again 20% off by using promo code MidwestMurder at Manscaped.com. I love it. I've been using this stuff now for about a month. Limits your possibility for ingrown hairs. Yep. Both of them are, all of their trimmers are waterproof. It's the Weed Whacker yep. and the Lawn Mower. Yep. Yep. And and it is. It's the, that's the really lawn, what they're called. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is, is for your balls, who will thank you. The, um, the, the Weed Whacker Dawn's is Dawn's balls your, did not thank her I when do not she have used... Them. I don't have them. I no. know. It was weird. It was like... What am I supposed to do with this? And then the weed whacker is for Jonah's rogue agents. Also, um, also waterproof. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty sweet. These items are waterproof and, and it comes with a little LED light. So I, maybe you want to try it in the dark. I don't recommend it, but if you were going to, it's got a it's light. It's extra light. It's extra light. It's really, it's extra light. It's but. not, shouldn't be the only source of light. So it's, it, this goes, this goes a lot better when it's just him and I in the studio, but when there's like a live audience, it's like, Okay, Listen, we're, we are talking about all of all of the balls in the room. That's that's great. That's that's the wonderful. Jewels, yes, okay. yeah. But anyway, uh, the gentlemen, the, <laughs> the gentlemen. Yeah, they're not gentlemen if they're not trimmed. Okay, turn turn your turn your balls into gentlemen by using Manscaped. That's what that's what I'm talking about right now. Okay, I, I am gonna I'm gonna pitch that. I'm gonna to pitch our person. that too. That's I, I think really we should good. pitch that. And actually, our next uh, our next social media post. You can write that down so we can remember that. So you make, make your balls distinguished. You know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MidwestMurder at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code MidwestMurder Experience. Premium grooming with Manscaped. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody need a moment after that? I feel like I do. I'm like, I'm blushing. <sighs> okay. I wasn't warm before. I'm very warm now. I'm very warm now. All right. I think we talked way too much about your balls. All right. <clears throat> so I'm always surprised when I look back at the happenings in, in the years. So, you know, for Midwest Murder, when we prepare our stories, we, we talk about what happened in that year, you know, as a way to step into the map, right? And so for me, it can kind of feel like a time warp. So this is one of my favorite parts of the research. So for this one, it was the year 2011 and... Midwest murder has been here before, maybe once or twice. I think twice. It's weird how some years seem to repeat themselves. It, like I don't know why that is. Well, I think it's so. In my nerd brain, I almost wonder like what is going on in the world that you know is is that affecting it? Is the economy affecting it? It's, somebody should do a study. I'm sure they did. Anyway, so in 2011, Libya was in shambles as its first civil war was, war started even causing the UN to create a no-fly zone over the country. Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi would later be killed that year, signaling the end of that civil war. WikiLeaks, along with a few other organizations, published 779 classified documents about the detainees at Guantanamo Bay. Prince William married Kate Middleton, 
Princess Catherine now because Kate apparently is not it's not regal enough. And now that's the couple that divorced themselves from the royal family, right? No. That, oh, okay. All right. No. I'm, I'm way off it's base. Prince, Prince Harry. Oh. The brother. Anyway, I was He's one, the good one. Which, I mean, you can hear the... <laughs> wow. I have no idea. That was, that was a stance. <laughs> um, but I was, I was one of the two billion people who watched them tie the knot. It was... It was I, I shouldn't ever say that out loud again. You were part of a moment, Don. I was. I was. Well, there was a big time difference. So I was up at like three o'clock in the morning. Was that worse or better than the fifth time you saw Titanic at the theater? <laughs> good one. That was a good one. I feel like that came from a movie. That wasn't even your... That wasn't no, even it's your. totally mine. Yeah. <laughs> President Barack Obama announced that American forces had killed Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden in Pakistan. Water was potentially discovered on Mars. What I found interesting about that was they said liquid water. Like, gosh. For those of us that aren't science nerds, I wouldn't question that. Like, but they said liquid water. I left that part out because I assumed everybody would assume. <laughs> Kim Jong-il, the leader of North Korea, died in December. I remember some coverage of this, and if you watched Tiger King during lockdown, they did reference this, and I think, in the first episode. But 2011 was also the year that a ridiculous amount of exotic animals in a private zoo in Zanesville, Ohio, were set free by the owner prior to his suicide. Oh, wow. Okay. Of the 50 animals set free, 48 had to be killed oh. by law enforcement and, and animal control officers. There were 18 tigers, six black bears, two grizzly bears, two wolves, a monkey, a baboon, three mountain lions, nine male lions, eight lionesses. Those were all released just out into the neighborhood. It's totally fine. It's Jumanji. That's what it, that is. It was, it was Jumanji, yeah. Without the without the vines, yeah. And three leopards, a bear, and two monkeys were left inside the owner's home. And yes, I spent way too much time researching that incident, but I was fascinated. Anyway, also that year, Geraldine Ferrero, Jack Kevorkian, Joe Frazier, among many others. In sports news, the Green Bay Packers won Super Bowl 45, defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Texas Rangers and uh, won the World Series that year. And the Dallas Mavericks won the NBA Finals, and the Bruins beat the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup. It's Aaron Rodgers' only <clears throat> only Super Bowl. Is it? Right there, yep. Hmm. It's been a while for him. Are Packers fans in the audience? Because I'm sorry. It's not fun. Uh, I think they it's all expected subject. to get there again. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go to Fairbury, Nebraska. In Midwestern language, Fairbury is about an hour and 20 minutes from Lincoln, the capital of Nebraska, and it's also the nearest big city closest to Fairbury. If you need technical terms, it's about 72 miles. Right? For we have no about. use for technical terms here. I appreciate that. Good, because I, like, was it 72 miles? Is that how that math works? But, again, it's Midwest murder, not Midwest math. It's, uh, Fairbury, like nearly every other Midwestern town we talk about, was connected to the railway system. And that's how they, that's how their economy was built. And it's always been a small town. At its peak in the 50s, it had a population of around 6,400 people. So, pretty small. In 2011, it hovered around the 3,900 mark, and it's about a little bit less than that today. The, the changes in railroad life changed the way the railroad operated and then changed life in Fairbury. So that would be that would explain the, the drop. So Fairbury was home to Tom DeJong. Farming was his life. And prior to moving there, he was raised on the family farm just west of Carthage, South Dakota. And after graduating high school in 1977, and graduating from Mitchell Technical School in 1979 with a degree in auto mechanics, he worked for area farmers and drove semi-truck. In 1996, he married Susan Smart, and she brought two sons from a previous relationship that Tom seemed to treat as his own. 
They lived their lives in South Dakota until moving to Fairbury in late 2010 or early 2011, but it's they kind of bounced bounced around a little bit. Where Tom continued to work on the farm for area farmers as well as continued to drive semi truck. So as we get older, uh, we seem to injure ourselves more, maybe become more clumsy, bruise easier, lose the strength the strength we once had. And for 52 year old Tom, that was the case since it seemed, he seemed to be weaker the last two to two and a half years. And that's pretty normal, I guess, right? I'm told it's part of the aging process. That's I can seemed, neither confirm nor deny. Uh, like I don't, I don't know if it's normal or not, but it seems like it happens, whether you'd like it or not. So I mean, if it's happening to more than a few, it's probably normal. I guess I don't like the word normal. But so on Friday, March 11th, 2011, an unseasonably warm late winter day, Tom DeJong was not breathing and cold to the touch, according to his wife Susan. At approximately 4 p.m., Susan called emergency services to report that she'd found her husband. In, in that exact way. And she was absolutely hysterical. She told dispatch that her husband would need an ambulance right away because he'd, quote, snuck off to be with his whore and came back all beat up. Oh, it's quite the saucy call to yeah. 911. Well, and certainly what I'd be concerned I mean, about if my... TMI, if, maybe? Well... So TMI? That's what you're concerned with? I, I mean, I, when, your hus- when your husband is, is, is you know, not responsive clearly the whore weird. is the problem here if you're the <laughs> wife that is I mean, that is the problem it has nothing to do with your husband on the floor who's non-responsive but yeah I she's hysterical we all, we because all, of the whore we all, well it seems that way and we all act differently right until we're in that moment or we don't know how we'd act until we're in that moment so when susan told them that he wasn't breathing the dispatcher instructed her to start cpr and you can hear her count on the on the 911 call you can hear her count to 30 as she was doing chest compressions it's a sobering call and during, also during the call, she told the dispatcher that it, quote, looked like he went through a meat grinder. So just a little while later, emergency personnel arrived at the couple's rented residence to a still hysterical Susan, telling them again that he'd gone off to see his whore and that she'd done this to him. So she is just continuing to make sure everybody knows what he had done. The whore did this. Like, that's what we've got right now. Beat him up and returned him bleeding Dying, Looking like cold. he went through a meat grinder. grinder. Yeah. Yeah. So still not breathing and with no pulse, they could see dried blood around his nose, nostrils, his mouth. And there weren't many parts of Tom that didn't show signs of trauma. There were scratches, cuts, and deep bruises on his hands, feet, legs, torso, and head. Holy. Yeah. So paramedics took over the resuscitation efforts, thankfully, and were able to get a heartbeat. And then immediately took him to the Jefferson Community Health Center. Because remember, we're, an, you know, we're about an hour and a half away from probably a large hospital. So while there, a kind nurse, Rebecca McClure, sat with Susan while they waited for the next steps. And Susan then opened up to her. She said that she hadn't seen Tom since Wednesday. And remember, it's Friday, and that he had just come home that morning. Him and his whore were on a bender. Or at least he was there. Yeah. No. Wait until we talk about the whore. I don't want to give it away. No, but don't. Just, but just, just wait. I'm very just curious wait. about the whore already. It's Clearly. I, w- I would really like to say her name because I just it feels weird calling her the whore. But no, I'm, I'm interested. Go on. I'm I on the hook. I'm on the I, hook. I will go on. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, you don't need my permission. I, nope. <laughs> Tom was was quote stumbling around in the house, and it was that that noise that woke her up. And when she saw Tom, he had been beaten, was cold, and then became unresponsive shortly after. She confided in Rebecca that Tom had been visiting his whore in South Dakota once again, telling somebody else this. And she hadn't seen him since Wednesday. Apparently, the whore beat Tom with tie-down straps from his semi. She claimed the whore... I, I, 
this is all coming from court documents, you guys. It's not just me like being creative, a creative writer here, I promise. She she claimed the whore and Tom were trying to kill her with an STD. Whoa, wait a minute. Yes. Tom and his whore had a plan to kill her with, with an, an STD. STD. And I mean, what are you what are you hoping for? Syphilis and like what you're just gonna let it let it I, let yourself suffer for a long time? I mean like what? That is one hell of a plan. I guess there's of all the ways to try to kill somebody, this well, is we, distorted. It's 2011. It's not yeah. 1911. We have we have antibiotics. I mean, like this is this is. It, I mean, it's it's creative. It's in. I mean, it's I it's, it's inventive. Yeah. But like, oh, let's hurry up. Give them an STD that penicillin can't fix. Right. Which one right. you got? And that's like, what are they going to inject him with the AIDS virus? Like, death. what's going I mean, on? It's it, it's weird. So clearly, this woman is maybe she's grieving. Maybe maybe she's maybe her her mind is just running in all corners of the world. Yeah. You know, you just you just don't know. I'm very so. interested by the idea that he's cold this whole time. Like he's not only did they beat the piss out of him, and maybe he has an STD and run through the meat grinder, but he's cold. He's and cold, so too. So I want, I want to, and it's, I want to remind you. It's a hot summer day here, right? It, well, it's winter. It's late winter. But oh, it's about a warm winter day. Yeah, warm, Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it's an unseasonably warm winter day. Look at my, that's when I was creatively writing. Like, unseasonably warm. Yes. So it, so to me, it seems odd. Like, so here this guy comes home, right? Friday morning. And then shortly after being awoken, Susan notices that he becomes unresponsive and then doesn't call until 4 p.m. I mean, was he in and out of consciousness? Like, what What was it? Anyway, so that was, I found well, that to be, that I timing mean, to be weird. Maybe she launched a feral attack on him over the whore. Like that was upsetting. Could be. Could, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Well, it was clear. See what Tom was up to. It was clear that Tom's injuries could not be treated at the community health center and would need to be, and he would need to be transported to a larger facility. He, and then he was transported by ambulance to the Bryan Hospital in Lincoln. So the nurse, Rebecca McClure, drove Susan home personally, and then Susan drove to the hospital in Lincoln. So what do you suppose was going through her mind the entire way to Lincoln? So an hour and a half. Rebecca? No. The the, nurse or Susan? Susan. She drove Susan home, and then Susan drove to the hospital in Lincoln. I... I'm not sure what to think of Susan yet. Her her story doesn't add up. She's a little, eh, you know. I'm, it's, er, I'm not gonna make any early judgments here, but it's. But what do you? But okay, what, there's but more what do you than think, meets the eye with old Susan. What do you think is going through her mind though on the way to Lincoln? Her husband is there. She, I mean, she has no idea what the prognosis is. Well, at this point, I'd guess the whore. Like, she's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all of you that I teed that up for him, and I did not mean to. I'm I, really sorry. Was that intentional? It was not. Not so. Lab results and X-rays showed incredible injuries to Tom: imminent heart and renal failure, multiple rib fractures, and a partially collapsed lung. His CAT scan showed a swollen brain, multiple fractures within his chest cavity on the spine, ribs, and the scapula, a nose fracture, and potentially a fracture of the hyoid bone bone in his neck. The hyoid bone, which is a hard word to say, but the oh. hyoid bone bone fracture is incredibly rare. We're talking rare. We're talking two one hundredths of all fractures. So some would say that it's that would be most common in strangulation. Well, and if we were curious what it was medically like to be, quote, put through a mean meat grinder, now you've got that analysis. Right. That is right. ouch. And those are her words. That's that was her quote. So those types of injuries would most certainly raise suspicions amongst those treating him. And some of those injuries likely have policies around them that would require physicians to contact law enforcement. I mean, if if there's a a fracture of 
that's Could, that rare. The police aren't involved yet at this point. No. Uh-uh. Right. We but just they got are now. Right. At, they are now because likely, you know, some of those injuries were were questionable. So the Lincoln Police Department was contacted and investigator Wendy Ground arrived at the hospital just before 10.30 p.m. that night. So 911 call at about 4. So we're all the way to 10.30. Naturally, Susan was questioned about Tom's injuries. She's his wife, right? So she stuck with a story similar to the one that she told the dispatcher and the nurse at the initial health center. Well, blame it on somebody else, right? Please don't say it. On who? Susan said that when Tom came home that morning, he was quite pale and stated he didn't feel well. According to Susan, Tom was apologetic and said he had made a a terrible mistake. He said his mistress, or who Susan refers to as the whore, didn't love him and that she went psycho and wanted to kill him. At that time, Susan confessed to ground the investigator that the mistress had tried to kill her in the past by cutting the brake lines on her vehicle. Whoa, the plot thickens. So So no longer is it an STD, it's brake lines. And and we've leveled up from whore to mistress. Okay, it's progress for... For that individual, and now the mistress is not only an STD ninja, she is a brake line cutter ninja too. So she's really high end stuff here. You know, when I, I, if I got a flat tire, I think I could, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could change a tire. Pretty sure I could change the oil in my car. Maybe, maybe if my life depended upon it, but cutting the brake line. Cutting a brake line. That's, that's a, I, I would cut all the wires, well, I guess, at that point. But How good I mean, was YouTube in 2011? Okay. How good were the YouTube right, explainer videos right. in 2011? Because I, I think you, yeah. could probably, you could probably find your way there. So Ground then asked Susan about Tom's medical history. Because why would a 52-year-old man be declining in health in the way Susan claimed? Susan again claimed that Tom had been feeling weak and getting increasingly clumsy over the last two to two and a half years. Because, again, he'd been diagnosed with a... STD a year prior. She's not a doctor. Yeah. The the oh. cut on his lip, and my question is, which one? I, I mean, he's you know beaten to a pulp, so you, you pinpoint one cut on his lip. It was a work injury, right? And so it was it had happened it had happened to cow, I guess. She just picked an animal and just went with it. So, so, so Tom that, injured his lip mm-hmm. working with a cow. Yeah. On the farm. Yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable. That. That's the one thing in her story that does seem reasonable at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, he's a farmhand. It makes sense. Yeah. But, so at that point, physicians had no hope that Tom would recover from those injuries. Holy. And sadly, um, had to ask Susan if they could remove him from life support, to which she agreed. Of course she would. What was her, what was her attitude like when she agreed to this? Well, yeah. I mean, distraught, you know. And so, sadly, Tom died shortly after. And Susan was asked if um, if she would be willing to answer more questions at the police department, to which she agreed. So we're talking about 1 a.m. in the morning here. So Susan arrived at the police department to meet with the investigation investigators about that time, so a while later. And then she was placed into her interview room to start writing a statement. And she was by herself in that interview room from about 1.12 a.m. to about 3.04 a.m. That's a long stretch to put somebody in an interview room. And I just want to be clear so that call was made at 4 4 p.m they went to the hospital police got involved by about 10 that same night this is all the same night yeah the same the same night so into the next morning even yep yep so when at three at about three or four or 304 so just after 3 a.m when ground uh entered the interview room she read susan her miranda rights and then susan signed the miranda waiver so then they were able to you know discuss the since she was a suspect they were able to discuss 
the case. Oh, she's already a suspect now. Well, at this point. Wow. Yeah. So once again, Susan repeated the story that she had told her investigator ground at the hospital, but went into more detail this time. And according to Susan, on Monday, March 7th, Tom went to Seward, Nebraska, which is about an hour away from Fairbury, to check out a potential new job. I did not look up the mileage. It's about an hour away. That's all I can tell you. Then he made his way to... You got the important part. I I did. You know what? You guys can do your own math if you need the exact mileage, but I'm talking Midwestern language here. Okay? So from there, he made his way to South Dakota. And they had little communication while he was away, but Tom apparently told Susan he wanted to be with, quote, that thing. So she's nicer to her, I guess. Oh, no. I'm, go- I'm going to go be with that thing? That thing. I don't think very, Tom said that. Very respectful. Yeah. They talked the next day, but she said she probably screamed at him because she wasn't happy. Because again, I mean, he's going to be with that thing. At that his point, mistress. His, his mistress, yes. At that point, Susan was getting tired, but the questions continued, as, as you think that they would. And at 3.45, another investigator entered, and Susan was insistent on being done. But investigator Robert Farber pushed and pushed, and the questioning was more intense. Is it unfair to pressure her right now at 2, 3, 4? We're at almost 4 o'clock in the morning right now. This is her husband. He's, he's I mean, is it is it unfair? Can't we take care of this in the morning over coffee, you don't think? Okay, so why... I'll, I'll put your question back on you. Why do you think it would be unfair? Well, your 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 husband just died. You're sad. You're distraught. It's 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 really bad. You shared your st- your statement. I mean, she's waived her Miranda rights. That's already a problem. But you, you've shared your statement. I'm sad. I want to go lay down and cry. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I mean, is that? But if she is if she is that much of a suspect, why why let that why let that time go? That's my that's my well, opinion. Yeah, I don't think the cops would have done it. I just think if, if I was her. Yeah, hanging out no, at four I mean, o'clock in the morning answering questions. Right. If I were her, no, I want to get the that hell out whore, of there. That like, whore I did it. Be there. That Duh. whore did it. I need coffee. I want a nap. Like, yeah. yeah. And at any point, she can ask for an attorney. So at this point, to your point, Susan was getting tired. But the, uh, you know, and, and I mean, the questions continued. And so about 30 minutes after uh, Farber coming in, investigator Farber, she said, quote, I want a lawyer, please. I'm tired of this. I will talk to them and they. I want some sleep, please. I didn't. I will. I just wanted to live and I loved him so much. And I just wanted to live and he wanted a divorce. And I just wanted to live with him. I loved him. Oh, man. So investigators immediately left. Susan opened the door to ask for a cigarette. And investigator Ground told her to take a seat. Ground then reentered and took her own seat. Because at this point, Susan was close. For the next eight minutes, she talked slowly and what seemed like an eternity. Investigator Ground listened to Susan tell what seemed to be the real story. You can just tell she's about to break. That was some rambling there at the end. But didn't they have to stop it when she said, I want a lawyer, please? It should just stop right there, regardless of what she says. It's, it's, I believe it's supposed to stop. Well, they left. They left yeah. the room. They came back in. I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna defend her or whatever. Right. I mean, you know, I they left I don't and came know. back in, but when she she yeah. said that they did not get her the lawyer, they pressed her a little right. further. With okay. my Midwest murder murder lawyer degree here or law degree. See, I can't. I don't even know what it is. Is it a law degree? See, how about that? When I lawyer things, we don't which, do lawyering here. Yeah, just like we don't do math. Right. Yeah, we clearly. tell stories. Yeah, clearly, that failed miserably. Okay, so what she said: "Quote, so sorry. I'm sorry." 
what was inaudible, beat by that whore. He used to come home, bruises, bloody nose, black eyes. He's got scars on his back that are not from me. He's got marks on him that are not from me. He'd come home and, well, he'd tell his boss, inaudible, on the trip. He'd tell me he did it on the truck going to, also inaudible. Then he'd turn around, go to Sioux Falls, and that Gloria, Oren called me today and asked if I'd seen your face. It's all bruised up. I told him that fucking, oh gosh, I didn't, I can't say this word. <sighs> okay. I'm going to say it. We're safe. It's a safe place. I told him, I told him that fucking cunt you're married to did it. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you got to say the whole thing. I did. I said it. Did you see that I Whoa. couldn't look you guys in the, you guys want to drink on that one? Cause that one feels icky. Don can no longer make eye contact with anyone in the room. I know. He was talking about his balls, which made it awkward. And then now I said the C word and it's even more awkward. We got it all on this one. Can we just leave? I feel like this is... Now it's really hot. Okay. I did never touch him. Didn't ever touch him. When I slapped him in Fairbury... Not in Fairbury. What was the name of that town? I can't think of it. Burger King. God. Like, this woman is not well at this point. And, you know, we've all we've all been... Delirious. Really super tired. Truly you delirious. Know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, continuing. The, par- the car pulls in there, parked to get a burger, but on the way in is when he finally admitted he'd been sleeping with that thing. Finally admitted it. He got our money, went into Burger King. I got out of the truck and proceeded to walk across the highway to the other little truck stop across the road, and he followed me over there. Came up to me, grabbed one of the dogs, and I picked my leg up. Leave it alone. And then I proceeded. I walked, was walking, trying to call my son to come get me, but he wouldn't answer his stupid phone. So I'm going to stop there because it goes on, like I said, for about eight minutes. And I'm not sure about you, but... Like, I was already glazing over. I was like, wow. Okay, first. This is all her rambling. This is all of her rambling, you know? So it's, I mean, at this point, she she goes into talking how, uh, about how everyone thinks that Tom is an innocent man. And then, and then he met this, his whore, and they started molesting children. And that he thinks he was on drugs. Wait a second. It is. Holy shit. Yes. I mean, this. So I think the the investigator, I think, is, you know, waiting on bated breath for all of the, the fun details that are going to come out of this woman's mouth. I mean, she is clearly, clearly struggling from mental health um, issues. I mean, because just things did not make sense whatsoever. And so well, there's a lot of disjointed it, it, thoughts it is, there, absolutely. too. Like, yeah. And, and if you and this is all coming from the court documents and this is, you know, coming from the courted investigation and interrogation. And so it is word for word. As she said it. Yeah. And so, you know, she's she's going into their history and all of this stuff and and kind of, you know, I think trying to make herself out to be to be a victim. And maybe she was. Maybe there was there was something there, you know, we we don't know, but excuse me. So she she then stopped, asked for a cigarette, and asked if if she was going to be arrested. And it, you know, it just kind of goes you know, back and forth, back and forth. She hasn't and admitted so, anything yet. She hasn't admitted so, anything. But she's saying that it's self-defense, all of that. So She's alluding to clearly more involvement than, than what, than what exactly. she's completely yeah. said, but there's yeah. not an outright admittal Right. Yet. Nothing. Nope. Nope. There's it's no, so, not at all. It's very senseless and weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was, this was not the first incident that Susan had allegedly, um, in, in which Susan had allegedly hurt Tom. In May 2010, Susan had hopped in with, with Tom on one of his runs in, in his, in his semi truck, and they were in Jackson, Minnesota. P- 
police responded to a fight in progress at a truck stop. The officer that responded filed in his report that Tom had a black eye, another fresh wound under the same eye, scabbing on his face, ears, and neck, and fresh blood trickling down his neck. Oh, my goodness. Susan was, at that point, arrested for domestic violence. The reason for that attack on Tom, Susan told the arresting officer at that time that Tom was cheating on her. So the next recorded incident in in which there was even um, testimony about, the next incident happened in August 2010, just before they moved to Nebraska. Susan's son, Tom's stepson, James, along with his wife, Sharon, allowed Susan and Tom to come live with them, which was quite unexpected. Susan claimed they needed to get away from their home in South Dakota. So James and Sharon couldn't believe the shape that Tom was in when he got there, though. His face was beaten and swollen, and he had bloody ears. Oh, man. Let me tell you, I've I've been in some shit, Don, and I've never had bloody ears. That's fucking savage. Yeah. This man was going through hell. It doesn't get better. And so when James asked Susan what was going on... Well, he's dead. Clearly it doesn't get better. Here's a here's a stick. Would you like to beat me with that? Like, come on. Like, sorry. I was. You want to take over the rest of the story? No. You sure? No. This is very, this is fun. <laughs> bet. I bet. So, um, when James asked Susan what was going on with his stepdad and why he was in the shape that he was in, Susan said they'd have that that would ha- that had. Hi. Words are hard today. That had happened at a truck stop robbery. So she. So now. There's a robbery. They somewhere. robbed or got robbed? They got robbed. Oh, and Tom got the shit beat out of him in yes. the process. Yes. Wow. Yes. So when James and Sharon visited Tom and Susan shortly after they'd moved to Nebraska, Tom still looked terrible. And Susan explained it away this time as saying it had happened at work when, quote, the pigs got him. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The pigs got him? The pigs got him. I, I mean... It, the this, pigs get people? Well, yeah. I Haven't mean, you ever seen Snatch? Yes, I have, but the pigs didn't get them. They were just, a guy got fed to the pigs. It's way different than the pigs getting someone. But I think... The pigs got them. You know, they... They're, the pig, pigs are ruthless animals. I think they, they just, they're... Like they team up on people? They will get you. Yeah. Pigs are mean, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. So investigators Jeez. then searched... Um, so after this, so after all of this comes out, um, you know, and this is still... This is like the very next day, right? Investigators searched Tom and Susan's home. Tom's vehicle was in the garage and clean. Susan's white truck was far from it. Well, maybe the pigs got it. (laughs) Tom's blood was found on the hood and fender of her truck inside her vehicle. Police found a red duffel bag and a denim bag. And in that red duffel bag, they found clothing, two hammers, one yellow and one blue, blood-stained men's PJs, some toiletry items, and Tom's wallet. In the blue bag, they found a computer, a lug wrench, and a cell phone. Would you like to state the obvious? What? So you want me to... Whose blood blood was was on on those items? The horse. For sure, it was the mistress. I did not team up for that one For sure the mistress slash whore. Well, you're the one that pointed out it did not get better for Tom, and it was Tom's. (sighs) So they did find some of Susan's DNA on there. But not uh, not in the blood form. That was all Tom's. Wow. So she was uh, arrested. As, as you can imagine, she was arrested. And she pleaded not guilty. So that's nice. Well, she's got a really good, strong alibi. Well, the whore did it. Yeah. Yes. And 
so in in if trial, I was the whore who did this, I would come out and just say, "Hey, it was me. Don't don't get Susan. Don't get Susan. We tried to kill her with an STD. It's nineteen. <laughs> it's it's nineteen ten. <laughs> we tried killing Susan with an STD. We deserved this. And then no, I cut it, her brake lines because I know which ones are the brake lines. <laughs> do you? Yeah. No, I don't think the whore is going to do that. Was the whore real? Or was it... The person accused of being the whore was real, yes. Okay, okay. So a lot of that stuff ended up coming out in court that I don't think Susan planned on. So... Seems like Susan wasn't prepared for a lot of things. Uh Uh-huh. Like... Yeah. it's, It's the Midwest. Why couldn't Susan just cook a hot dish and not murder anybody? Just eat a hot dish and stop murdering people. It's, that's, that's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. It is not, it's not hard. Eat um, a hot dish. Don't yeah. murder anyone. Yeah. So a lot of things came into play during the trial, you know, and especially about where where Tom was the week of his death. So his boss, the the farm, the farm owner with the pigs that apparently got him. The angry pigs. Yeah. Testified that on Tuesday before his death, Tom worked a full day. Okay. Would you like me to put that back into into timeline for you? Yeah. Because on Monday, he was on his way. He had gone for another job uh, investigation or, you know, looking for a job interview application kind of thing. According to Susan. According to Susan. And then was on his way to South Dakota. But Tuesday, he was there. And then Wednesday and Thursday, Tom called in sick. And I don't want to make judgments here. I, mean, I really try not to make judgments, but I'm guessing she started beating the shit out of him about that time. And that's why he called in sick. Do you think she started by running him over or did it escalate to the running over? I don't think. Because Tom's blood was found on the hood and fender of her truck. I don't think she ran him over. You don't think she hit him with the car? No. I think she just, she beaten the shit out of him with hammers and then. All over the car. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then there was some blood. I mean, I don't think we're, we're talking like, you know, all over the fender. I think it's. Just, I, just, I, I just sort of there. envisioned her running I'm, him over one time. I'm sorry that I didn't. It's part of the meat grinder properly. process. I think we need to socialize more, um, and and maybe not stick our faces in because now we're just making shit up. Now we're just like uh, I'm not making like, it up. That's no, no, just what I thought, no, but, though. But, like it's. But oh. now it's now it's like, huh? Where did our mind take us? Oh, she definitely ran him over. She definitely ran him over. Yeah, I, no, I'm just giving you a hard time because like this poor guy got a lot. I, I'm just, yeah, absolutely, just, and, and not to make light of it. I'm not. I'm not making no. light of it. It's 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 awful. I mean, it, the, this guy went through hell. Yeah, I absolutely. can't help but wonder. What her opening assault was in the ambush. I know. I, I, uh, like yeah. just my yeah. curiosity yeah. just makes my mind go in that direction. Right. And so, cell phone records were also introduced into evidence, and there were four calls from Susan's cell phone that to Tom's that kind of you know pinged off nearby cell towers in Fairbury, you know, in Fairbury. So, and then on Wednesday and Thursday, it was still that hitting off the same towers. You know, so it, it's just things are just not adding up properly for Susan at this point. So the alleged mistress or the whore, if you will, she exists. And this the, the woman worked at a, as a dispatcher for a small trunk, trucking company in South Dakota. And, and and that's that's who Tom had had worked for doing that that side of things. So the woman actually testified in court to her and Tom having a working relationship only. Professional relationship. Yep. She never spent any time with Tom. She never had any type of sexual contact with Tom. And she had absolutely no reason to hurt Tom or Susan. And so the time of March 8th to March 11th, when he was supposedly you know, with her, 
she was on a trip to Minnesota. She was not in South Dakota at all. It's nothing. It's not but, looking yeah, good for Susan. Not looking good for Susan. I. She's batshit. Yeah. She. I mean, I, yeah. It's you know, mental health issues. I think galore here. You know, and and Tom was in a domestic violence situation. Absolutely. And so Susan was uh, not acquitted. She was found guilty, murder in the first degree, and use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony. So she was sentenced to life in prison, and both were served, and on both, and then both were to be served consecutively. So, of course, she appealed, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? You have to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's got to be a way for her to link the mistress still. It's just... Well, spoiler alert. They didn't... It comes... Well, it does... This place is amazing. I'm sorry I messed up the name. If you want to get, like, technical... She asked for that lawyer and they kept pressing her. I don't know if that's going to play in into this, well, but that, that feels like a misstep on the part of law enforcement. I'm well, not. There are, I'm, there are seven claims to okay. her appeal. Okay. Claim one, her conviction was obtained by a violation of the privilege against self-incrimination. Claim two, she was denied access to an attorney during interrogation. She was unlawfully detained by investigators when they told her to it, sit down. Her conviction was obtained by a use of a coerced confession. She was convicted based on insufficient evidence. I think she's wrong on that one. That one, that one, no. There's plenty of it's, evidence. And this one, I, I, Blood all I actually, I actually kind of, I, I, I guess scoffed, kind of giggled, kind of thing. Claim six. She's innocent. That's what it says. She is innocent. Just bluntly. That's just that. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Of course. That's my appeal. What's your appeal? So, and then she was also the, the, the fallback. She was denied effective assistance of counsel. At trial. Because, I mean, why wouldn't you? It's it's like the disorderly conduct charge. It's just a catch-all. Why, why not? Let's just add it to it. So. so, seven. I feel like she's got four, maybe even five of seven partially valid potential claims there. Potential missteps throughout the process. You've got, you've got the evidence. Obviously, you know, her alibi really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well... But- and so to that claim, they did, they did address it. They, you know, they thought that she might have some leg to stand on, but you know, the Miranda rights were read, all of that stuff. She was not, you know. Once you wave your Miranda rights, you're so effed. That's it. That's it, right? Like you've pretty much relinquished any form of safety net you have. Don't sign away your Miranda I like rights. Not, I feel like that's not accurate. Well, I'm maybe not, not a safety not, yeah. net, but that's that's a that's a there's a terrible move. If you're potentially guilty and you know it, we are not. We are not lawyers. We should not no. be saying that. Not well, even a little bit. I know um, enough to know that you don't waive your Miranda rights, and if you're fucking guilty of something, you ask for a lawyer. <laughs> My right. lawyer even told me if you ever do anything terrible, listen. Right. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and it's like the time. What was it? What was just keep your mouth shut. Don't what even it, tell What him, was yeah. the, the murder for hire case where it was like, you get the money up front. Everybody knows that. You get half <laughs> up, half down. Like it's, it's, everybody knows that. Like, come on, you guys. You should Jonah this out as well. Anyway, um, they did basically, in a nutshell, they did not agree. It went to the Nebraska Supreme Court, still did not agree. There was a bunch of case law that basically she fit into and she's still in prison. Yeah. So. I, 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 I expected so. Well, I mean, she. I mean, Things, things just weren't quite right there. So, no. No. I, yeah. Where did things really go wrong for poor Susan? That Tom had to be like a, a victim here. Like what was the true deep-rooted cause of yeah. her 
absolute dissatisfaction. Like I'm so dissatisfied with my life and my husband and everything that this guy might leave me. So I'm going to fucking kill him. I, sometimes it's just easier to get the divorce. You guys, I think, I think you should just get the divorce, give him what he wants. I don't, um, but again, we're dealing with mental health, right? We're dealing with mental health issues. We're, we're dealing with domestic violence and, and, they never really said what her reasoning was, but it was that he wanted a divorce. Divorce is easier than murder. Okay, let's just to put it bluntly. That's it. I would. I would. Because we've got that. a couple of these now, uh, where yeah. there were there were uh, tragically couples on the verge, and it ends in murder instead of you just divorcing and living happily ever after. The divorce is better. Yeah, I think. No, it's think, it's yeah. that's definitely the way to go. So that's uh, that's Susan's story and Tom's tragic story. So resources for today, primarily based on court documents with a little bit of help from Murderpedia. Right on. Also, uh, again, a big shout out to Manscaped. This episode is brought to you in part by Manscaped. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MidwestMurder at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code Midwest murder unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped and and just again truly manscaped has made all of my my it's made my whole life better it just, it just is we've, guys like we've, we've been through if you this. don't know what to get a dude in your life Sweet or you're a dude who has never invested in your gentleman and your underwear and your t-shirts just get manscaped and save 20 percent with midwest murder promo code get, Jonah, like dial in a whole big order and just get 20 percent off all of it it's a big deal you, you can just you know ask them to use the code we do not for the life like absolutely we do not need to go through that again midwest murder manscaped.com also big thanks to the dvcc here in minot for um, supporting this episode of uh, midwest murder you can donate to the dvcc in minot at courageforchange.org again if you're wondering hey I, I don't know anybody in a terrible situation like this but i want to help you can help just by kicking in a few bucks at courageforchange.org the crisis line is 701-857-2200 that's the dvcc in minot thank you for sponsoring this episode of midwest murder and that is it guys come for the midwest stay for the murder thank you Thank <laughs> you.